Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. Um, still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. You, no, no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline. And deadline. Are you even listening to me right now? Archery season has sadly come and gone, but your shooting does not have to stop there thanks to Williams Archery's indoor range. They offer hands-on shooting lessons and they run indoor shooting leagues throughout the off-season. Now is also a great time to go get the repairs done that you've been putting off all season. You can also check out their new bow lines of Hoyt, PSE, Elite, Bear, Parker, and more. The new bows are awesome. Tell them you heard about Williams Archery on the Whitetail Distraction Podcast when you give them a call at 724 727-9660. Six six seven nine six six zero. Welcome to episode twenty of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in my basement for now until it gets warm outside. Charles Headland, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, my man. How are you? Ah, oh, you know, episode twenty. Episode twenty. I feel Here we good. are. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's like a mini milestone. I think it is a mini milestone. Anything with a zero at the end of it from here on out is going to be a milestone to me. I like it. It's like our. Uh, we talked about magical number nine, right? Nine yeah, is the number. I think nine was the number. Nine I wanted to get to nine. Now we're past 19. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I like even numbers. I like the zero at the end of numbers. So, from here on out, you know, 25 will be another milestone, quarter to 100. And I then like it. We'll go from there. But we're going to keep pumping these things out, man. Yeah. We're back on a regular schedule. Like, my new job's in order. Mm-hmm. You're going to be getting a new job here pretty quick, and that's going to be okay. You'll go right back into your own groove. It's not really let's hunt every single night season right right now so we can pump them out. It's going to be good. We're going back to consistency, people. I did just shed a tear, though, when you said it's not hunting every night. Oh, man. Well. What are we going to do? Actually, I've been asked that a lot. What are you guys going to talk about during your not hunting season? Well, 
we started this podcast outside of hunting season. We had plenty to talk about then. So yeah. we're just going to keep talking about whatever the heck we want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It may not all be whitetail hunting. It might be rabbit hunting. It might be turkey hunting. It, You know, it's going to be something. It might be coyote hunting. It might be... Yeah. I don't know. Or just bringing guests on to see what's going on in their world. Yeah, absolutely. I um, still... Listen, people. I want to hear some stories. It's after the season. I know some mm-hmm. people laid down some hammers. It's going to happen. And then we got events coming up. We got the Kill and Grill coming up. Mm-hmm. I think we need to bring the podcast equipment to the Kill and Grill and do a live podcast. I like it. I think that'd be really cool. I like where your head's at right mm-hmm. now. It's good. I like it. The possibilities are endless. Yeah. So we'll do whatever just to keep something, keep content out. Tax season might be an issue. We might be doing some late night recordings. We'll we might be doing some weekend recordings, but Maybe we're we'll still going to keep. weekend recordings. We'll do yeah. Irish coffees. Yeah. We'll still get We'll, <laughs> we'll still get them out. in the morning. <laughs> don't you threaten me with a good time <laughs> it'll be okay it'll be fine oh it's gonna ruin your trout season again yeah mm. yeah last year was uh last year was good because i left my job in march didn't finish out taxis i got a new job and i had trout season to fish yeah but you're my good luck charm too for trout season yeah sorry buddy yeah whatever caught that palomino the one and only time you went out mm-hmm. right yeah yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, I do like trout season, but I'll, I, it'll be first day of trout. I won't miss all trout season. Mm-hmm. It's usually typically just first day falls right around tax, tax deadline. After that, I'll be good. I go to like a 10 to 4 schedule mm-hmm. during the off season, starting like April 16th. Oh, that's so decent. It's unreal. We'll I've be never, good. Never worked so little in my life. We'll, we'll be good. We'll be good. Yeah, we'll make things happen. Well, people, I am very excited about this episode today. We have a very, very, very special guest. Ted Nugent has called in, and he's going to be on the podcast. It's going to be crazy. You guys are going to love this episode. Yeah, Ted Nugent's not coming on. Ted Nugent's not coming on. I was just joking. (laughs) Wow. Why would you do that to people? It was almost awesome. So if people's listening now for maybe five (laughs) minutes, they'd be like, wow, Ted Nugent, let's go. And then we immediately told him, no, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. Instead, we're, it's just going to be us clowns with Anthony in here. Anthony's and, sitting in on this episode. He's going to maybe chime in once in a while. How you doing, buddy? Good. Yeah. Good. We're going to be talking uh, late season tactics because late season is coming up. It is coming up fast. Yeah. Fast and hard. And it's going to be it's gonna be wild because we got some fun permits for late season. Yeah. It was about I'm, a week. What's that? A week. week. Yeah, yeah, it is. Why don't you look it up, kid? It Hook me up with a look up. Starts on the 26th, right? Google Magic. Pretty sure it comes in the day after Christmas. It might. Usually Just in time year. for people yeah. to use all that new hunting gear that they got mm-hmm. for Christmas and in their stockings. I should ask for a muzzle loader. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great idea for a gift. What'd you ask for? That's actually a fun segment. Yeah. What did you ask for this year what for Christmas? Hunting gear did what you hunting ask gear for? did you ask for? I asked for... The Scent Crusher Bag and Ozone Go package. Ooh, I'm jelly. It was on sale at Tractor Supply. Mm-hmm. The combo for 160 bucks for both pieces. Yeah. So, which is, it was $200. I asked yeah, for that. Yeah, not bad you're not paying for it. Exactly. Know? But, I mean, come on. That's still not bad for, for Scent Crusher Bag. I also I asked for uh, the Scent Lock Waterproof Gear. Scent Lock Waterproof top and bottom what like rain gear rain gear that's awesome they were on sale I got good for like gear. i don't need that dude they were on sale for like 30 40 bucks a piece decent unreal sale on those ones and it's real carbon alloy yeah. scent lock, which is what you want john eberhardt would be proud yeah yeah i was like well you know i don't have a good option for when it rains 
for scent free. You know, I have rain gear, good rain gear, top and bottom, but I'm not scent free and I'm not confident in it. So I, I still get wet or, you know, go out and hunt, but I, play I wanted the wind something enough. better. I play the wind enough. I don't really, in the it's rainstorm, the rain, that's the thing. In, in the rain, I'm not really super worried about it. Yeah. I just whistled real bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you no, have I'm your not, pop filter on. I should, but I'm, I'm cool See? like that. No, in the rain, I don't really worry too, too much about my scent. Like, I play the wind enough, and it's raining. It's kind of washing the scent away a little bit. I'm yeah. Just, it's tough. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I wanted something. I just, I, it was on sale, so I was like, I have pretty much everything else scent locked that I need. That's what I want. Also, I asked for a new set of my mitten gloves, mm. because when I was in Ohio, my favorite pair, my absolutely favorite pair, I would literally have worn these things until they fell off my hands. They were mitten scent lock gloves mm. where the fingers fold back and all your fingers are exposed and the thumb folds back and your thumbs exposed i really really like them for archery because you have a bare finger on the trigger so in ohio this year i threw all my stuff in the dryer and unfortunately those magnets must have stuck to the heat exhaust on the dryer <laughs> melted my glove no melted it like absolutely melted all the fingers shut everything almost caught the whole thing on fire could you imagine if all my hunting clothes would have caught on fire in the dryer in ohio no. Dude, all of my scent lock, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I would have been so mad. Oh, dude. I'd have drove down yeah. and gave you mine. I would. Have, I just would have cried and came home. Yeah. That would have, <laughs> that would have made for a really bad trip. That man. would have been insane. Oh. So those are the things I asked for. But I can dig that. I should ask for a muzzle loader, and I should ask for more trail cameras. I just thought about that after the fact, but I can buy those down the road. Yeah. I got time. Yeah. Also, I want to get start stockpiling on some lock on tops mm-hmm. do some more permanent sets with the lock on tops hang them in the off season early mm-hmm. season and then just go in with the sticks and hunt them during the season so i don't have to go in and try to scout a lot because this year with my mobile set i was 100 percent mobile in the fact that i was hunting spots that i've never been to before mm-hmm. a couple times it bit me i'm going to actually switch to a new tactic this year a little bit too like still going to do the run and gun style mm-hmm. but when we're doing our scouting in the early and late season spring and whatever i'm gonna pull a john eberhardt i'm gonna yeah. carry my sticks with me when we do the stick like the setup and stuff i'm just gonna carry my sticks and throw my harness and stuff in the backpack yeah i'm gonna prep trees while we scout that's a good idea and just mark them this tree mm-hmm. good to go yeah that's kind of what i'm, I'm thinking too mm-hmm. and then at some point even if you want to come the weekend week after or whatever day after yep. get a stand up in there and hang your stand up in yep. there then you have something permanent that you know where it is. Yep. And once you have a stand up there with nothing to get to it, you pretty much, you don't totally factor out theft, but you you 90% factor out theft at that point. Just hang your hang your stand. Right. And lock it in. Lock and it leave in and take your sticks with you. Take your sticks. And I mean, just for someone to even see it up there would mm-hmm. be tough. I got to go pull a stand. I got to go pull a camera too. Mm-hmm. Still, I'm kind of curious what's on the camera. And that stand, I never sat in it this year. It was always. Oh, by the. The one me and you went to. Mm-hmm. By the creek bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Never pulled that camera. Hopefully that camera worked. Well, I went like to I went running. to pull it mm-hmm. the day that we were tracking that doe. Yeah. And I walked up on top of the ridge and I looked down and the whole bottom was flooded. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't get to it now. <laughs> so, so you might get some interesting We might pictures. get some interesting pictures on there. And I know I shot my doe down in there and I know they did a push through there after mm-hmm. we after i was in there and stuff they pushed all the thickets and everything towards the camera so i'm curious what came through yeah you're gonna see some blurs coming by maybe maybe 
So, uh, what did you ask for Christmas? I didn't ask for anything for Christmas. Okay, next. Anthony, I'm boring. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm you guys didn't ask for it. any hunting gear? Why do you think I have so much hunting gear? Every Christmas I get something hunting related and I just add on. The best part is hunting season just ends, so it's fresh on your mind. Like, I could have used this. Oh, that's what else I, got. I wanted to see. Perfect. I asked for the, the quick attach piece mm. for the XOP stand. Dude, it's huge. I asked for that. It was a game changer this year for I hanging your stand. It's a thirty dollar. I need to do it. Yeah, oh, thirty dollar yeah. piece of equipment to save me tons of time. I switched to that this year. First of all, it's the most convenient thing. You're hanging on with your lineman's belt and you hook that thing up. Yeah. Instead of trying to like hang yeah. on for dear life right. and get that strap around, dude, you literally drop your stand in and then hang all your straps. See, that's I would it say is crucial. so much faster and yeah. so much easier, Early and so much season, safer. That caused me so much sweat. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just the sweat of trying to get that stand like perfectly level. You're trying to hold on and trying, level yeah. on your sticks and be yeah. nice and quiet the whole time, dude. You literally put it on just shink. The hardest part I've found is once you get up in there and you get your stand off your back and you're holding it there up against the tree is extending the strap out mm-hmm. to fit it around the tree is the hardest part of it. Well, usually when I'm on the ground before I go up the tree, I kind of eyeball the tree and pull my strap out. Okay, see, I haven't done that. I just leave it, the straps tied up, mm-hmm. well, loosened, and then as soon as I get up, up the there, tree I just grab one trip. Off. I try and go up the tree one trip rather than come up and down, up and down, up and down. I do the same thing you taught me. Everything, yeah. just get your bow rope and everything ready, get your stand all undone, everything, and throw it on your back, and then just clip everything into your pull-up rope and go up yeah. the tree, and boom, you're done. It's amazing how light that stand is once you get your backpack and everything off it. <laughs> oh, My goodness. Dude. You don't even, don't even notice it's on your back. You carry a big backpack with it, I do. I do. I'm I'm, a real little guy, man. I'm going to work on it next year. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I might look for something smaller, scent scent lock, if they offer anything. I don't know. They don't. I looked. I might look for something like on Amazon or something. They used to sell backpacks and stuff, which were sweet, but they don't don't do them anymore. That stinks. I just need something smaller. Yeah, yeah. And I need to teach my brain that I don't need everything. Mm Mm-mm. Because I play every scenario out, and I'm like, I could use this, though, in this scenario. I could use that, and I could use that. And it's like, at, in the end, you have all this stuff. Dude, it, it, like how much weight you're carrying right now just by putting your backpack on your stand? Oh, yeah. You might as well have, like, one of those Millennium Lounger freaking tree <laughs> stands on your back that weighs, like, a million pounds. Maybe I will hang a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. I dig yeah. it. So, before we get into late season tactics... Anthony and I went rabbit hunting today. You did. I'm jelly. Yes, with my brother John. And we got a couple bunnies. Mm. But I'll tell you what. I've never missed a dog more in my entire life. Oh, so badly. You know, our beagle. We lost our beagle earlier this year. She was the best rabbit dog on the planet. Rip, Dixie. Yeah. She was a beast. And to, to be the beagle again, man, does it suck. Like, I almost didn't want to go rabbit hunting today. Because of that fact, I was like, I don't want, I don't want to hunt that way when you've been so spoiled for the last five years. But we got it done. We got two rabbits. I, I shot one. You, John yeah. shot one. If John could have shot straight, mm-hmm. we would have had a few more. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> he missed three in the same one that I did miss the same one he missed. But I think when I shot, the rabbit was already in the hole. Yeah. It was just so thick you couldn't tell. I was just shooting at a flash through them. I can't believe I hit the first one. I'll be totally honest with you. I was just literally, my bead, I was following a flash through the thickest, nastiest stuff. And I just got to a point where I was like, now or never. And I pulled yep. it off and I saw the thing tumble. I went, oh, I got it. <laughs> oh, I got it. <laughs> well, the thing is, when you don't have a beagle, shoot. 
Yeah. You cannot be picky on your shots. You got to yeah. take – because you, you really only get one shot. Exactly. They only take a couple of BBs too, man. Yeah. You just got to clip them with the BBs in their yeah. toast. Well, the thing is when you got a beagle and you can't really get a shot, you can get them right on it. They'll bring them back. Let the beagles do their thing. Yeah, like the one but we jumped. But when you don't, you got to shoot. Mm-hmm. The one we jumped after we dropped John off, went to another spot. Anthony and I were out. We were kicking one, and I I got deep into this pile. <laughs> this rabbit <laughs> squirmed out. And he kind of went back door on us, mm. where I only saw him for a split second. Anthony never even saw it. Mm. But in that scenario, it would have been perfect. That's where you call the dog over. Come on over here. Dog gets on the trail. You set up and you wait. And that dog brings that rabbit right back to you. Yep. I miss it. I fail you, man. I well, fail you. Hopefully we can get Joey's beagle out. And yeah. Hopefully she's a fraction of what Dixie was. And My dad is looking to get another beagle from the same guy that we got Dixie from. And uh, in the spring, they're probably going to have pups. So Can't maybe wait. next year we'll have another really good beagle Beautiful. to train all over again. So it's fun, man. Rabbit season, it's my, that's my jam. Yeah. It's been my jam for a it's long fun. time. I got memories back as long as I can remember. My first memories of hunting is usually rabbit. Oh, man. Some yeah. of the most fun you have out in the woods with good people it's, it's good just, group hunting yeah it's good it's good old-fashioned fun honestly i like small game in general to yeah. be honest with you i even like going out and shooting squirrels and stuff like that and i was like johnny today like you get that scare because he almost stepped on it oh, yeah. <laughs> like when he was taking that step it, you know it's like that almost like you get that mini heart attack oh yeah there's not many things that give you that feeling they just the, bust out when of they squirm yeah. out right from <laughs> yeah. under you and you get that <laughs> <laughs> i mean the look on your face and you jump a mile it, that's that's that thrill gets yeah, your heart racing man yeah. and it's that's a good time man it is <laughs> it really is you know and there's i mean you're sitting there in that beagle hound that that bark that, that that's the sound man <laughs> there's not much better in the woods than that sound there's there's a turkey's gobble and then there's a beagle's yeah you know, a beagle's bark yeah and that's about it i mean a buck grunt but come on they're kind of lame that's not lame dude if it's the right time of year and you hear that coming i know i bet i would put the crunch 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 in the leaves over a buck grunt to get me excited i feel you You know what i mean yeah because it could be a buck grunt and a little four point comes in that's true i mean it goes the same way with the leaves but that crunch 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 that gets me pumped up i feel you yeah i like that a turkey turkey's gobble man in the spring especially in the roost there's nothing that beats yeah. that noise, especially if you're in like a big hauler somewhere and you can just hear it. And just stinking echoes. Echoes down through and it's, Ooh. you know, right before light and you're Because <laughs> that, that actually happened to us. We thought they were closer than they were, but they were actually really, really yeah. far away. Yeah, that sound carries. You get fired carries. up though. Yeah. You know, that is one of the most beautiful sounds. And then that burr, burr. Hmm. That's it for me, man. Those two. That does it. <laughs> And I'm a big whitetail guy, but those two noises get you fired up. They get you fired up. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. A little off topic, but it, we had, what, we had know, to cover that real quick. Absolutely. It, it's hunting, man. You guys got to go out hunting. We got to talk about it. We still slayed something. Yeah. You know, we got, we got meat now for the Killing Grill, our typical annual uh, bunny dish that we do. I was thinking about, uh, thinking about what I'm going to make for that the other day. What do you got on mine? I'm not going to talk about it. Not decided yet. I, I'm not going to talk about it yet. Wow. Well, undecided. Yeah, kind of. All right. 
Well, I guess then we need to talk about late season tactics. Let's talk about late season tactics. What's the first topic you want to talk about for late season? Um, I mean, when you talk about late season, you almost have to talk about food sources. I think when I think of late season, like my immediate instinct is like bed to food. Yeah. Like almost back to early season, but a little bit different. Right. It's a little different in the fact that, I mean, early season, you don't have that severe weather that you're going to see in late season. That's going to force them to move. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of last minute, last light movement. Big time. You know, um, late season, you can see a lot of daylight movement. You know, a lot more daylight movement because they have to feed to survive. They have to yeah. replenish their bodies to survive. You know, they're just coming out of the rut. We're talking bucks here. You know, when we typically talk about deer hunting, we're talking about buck hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah, in I'm general. Yeah. In general, the does are going to do it. You know, if, you, if you're looking to kill a doe late season, there's nowhere better to be than a food. You find a food source, food source. late season, you're going to kill a doe. You're going to kill a doe. Yep. I mean, it's going to happen. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, but... When you're talking about putting a big boy on the ground late season, you haven't filled that buck tag yet, and you know maybe you have does in the freezer and you want to kind of get out there. I think you need to go find that food source. One number one food source in my mind is standing beans. Yeah, if you got standing beans, or I don't know, I got a couple of different things in my mind that kind of like stick out. And number one being we talked about it last podcast, just a pinch, but if it was a bumper crop of acorns, yeah. Those late season areas where there's still like white oaks on the ground, if there are white oaks on the ground, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're coming for them, man. They're coming. See, that's kind of the thing why I think I would go with beans more than acorns. I think you get more, they get more out of beans than they do protein wise, right? Nutrient wise. They do. And they do acorns. They love acorns, but in all honesty, acorns are not good for deer. Right. They're really right. not. You've said it before. Yeah, they like know. them, but they're just nutritionally, they they're, pass right through. Yeah, them. they're deficient to them, yeah. technically. That's why I think beans, if you still have standing beans somewhere and it's an area where you have little pressure, oh man. Dude, there's still standing corn. Mm, there is. We've there had is. such a wet fall that farmers weren't able to combine, and mm-hmm. there's still standing corn in places, and I guarantee deer just laying yeah. in there. We'll, we'll say standing crops. You have Let's standing say standing crops. crops. Yeah, that's that's better. In late season, I'm, I'm going with that, number one. Um, I think a, a couple other food sources that we've talked about on here as well, locust pods. Locust pods in the late season, man. Big time. Huge. Yeah. They eat them up like spaghetti. Yes. <laughs> they do. That's <laughs> so cool. They eat them up like spaghetti. They do. They get the end of that pot and they just... Oh they just God. slurp it down. <laughs> oh, that's and then funny. You, you touched on earlier before we started recording. Yeah. Apples. Man, and it sounds strange. Sounds apples crazy. in the late season. But I will tell you what. Most of the time, when I was pushing for deer, what, two weeks ago now? Well, a week and a half. Two weeks ago now. Let's say two that. Two weeks. I passed several apple trees, and they were all bare, mm-hmm. to be expected. But I did pass one apple tree that was still loaded with apples. And I'm not talking about crab apples, like apple apples. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. But if you can find a late-season food source like that, 100%, you're going to have deer at it. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're going to eat up on apples. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like early season, they love apples. Mm-hmm. Late season, they even especially love apples. Yeah, big time. And that, I mean, that's kind of few and far between finding that. You're, you're probably that's, better off finding a stand of locusts and going right. with those locust pods. But that's like one of those honey hole situations. Yeah, just don't climb a locust tree. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that, man? Them little spines, they won't hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> They're not prickly, I swear. They're not prickly at all. <laughs> so, I guess jumping on the bandwagon of food, and the next step of that would be 
bedding and cover in late season close to food. Because so, a lot of your covers pretty depleted. Yeah, big time. I mean, I would say CRP still like CRP kind of bedding rather than like a thicket where not going to be a ton of like thermal cover or anything like that. Even a stand of pines might be good mm-hmm. for that thermal cover in the late season, but you're still want to you're you're going to want to be close enough to bedding that you can get them before dark because right. like you said, they're going to hit the food source, but it's going to be right before dark. Yeah. You know, that's one thing to really think about, I feel. South-facing slopes, we've talked I don't know if we've talked about that on here before. I don't think we have, but south-facing slopes are huge. Yeah, south-facing slopes in the winter. Mhm. I mean, it catches that daylight. We're in the northern hemisphere. Yep. We get catches daylight all day long. That does. So on that those really cold days, those really bad weather days, which are one of the things you want to look for in late season. Bad weather. No, I agree. The colder the better. The worse the weather, the better. Sucks being out there, especially when you're bow hunting, man. If things get cold, you're up in a tree, you're freezing your butt off. I mean, it's kind of can... like it's kind of like early season, even. If you got a front coming in, mm-hmm. those deer are gonna get up on their feet and go hit the food, and then they're gonna go right back to bedding down. Yeah, they're gonna chew their cud, man. But that goes into like what you said. I mean, if it's gonna, you got a front coming in, it's gonna be super cold. Those deer are gonna get up on their feet and they're gonna eat and eat and eat and eat, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna go lay down. One of the other cooler things that I've heard about late season uh, more recently that was a new perspective to me was that a lot of people t- talk about how there's new bucks coming to your property during rut. Mm-hmm. New properties coming into your property during the late season. New properties coming into your property? Oh, God. New bucks coming into your <laughs> properties during late season. Filling that void. Because in the late season, there's not good cover and good food source everywhere like there is during the season super true yeah so if you have a property that has really good cover and really good food source Mm -hmm. you're gonna get other bucks from that area coming into your property and living on your property in that late season agreed you know where they may not be there at any other time during the year you know they don't need that food source Mm -hmm. in the early season they don't need your food source during the regular season they got browse right they got browse they got everything they get acorns they got all kinds of other stuff but if you have that standing bean filled and it's secluded and you're no pressure, you know, people are staying off it and it's a spot where deer can go mm-hmm. and feed and there's real good cover around that food, I think you're in the business of getting a lot more deer from different properties that don't offer that. Big timber pieces yep. where those big bucks sit up on those ridges and they sit on those hills and they stay safe all year long. Those That area is not going to provide that same food source as a standing bean filled. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, so I think that's another thing that's that's huge for and late season. Even touching on top of that a little bit more, we kind of early season preached about finding overlooked spots. Mm-hmm. One thing that I kind of look for in late season, not necessarily those overlooked spots, but those spots that you can archery hunt, but they weren't able to be rifle hunted. Yeah. That's where those deer were flocking to during your rifle season. You got that couple week gap and they might be starting to come out of that pattern a little bit where they're hiding for their lives. Mm-hmm. But those spots that nobody went through in rifle season that are just maybe a small piece, you might, let's say a residential area that's maybe a little 10 acre piece or something like that surrounded by houses that somebody couldn't get in there with a gun. Guess where all the deer are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You know, especially in PA, mm-hmm. our rifle season will move more deer probably than anything during the year at any given time oh yeah most of the spots that i hunted in archery season you go there now it's like a barren wasteland mm-hmm. you're not going to see a single deer right now 
usually this is the time of the year where I start seeing deer move into the woods behind my, my house and my parents' house because there's maybe less than an acre of woods and you cannot possibly hunt. You can barely even find a spot probably out of the safety zone with a bow than you could with a gun. Yeah. You know, and that's when I start seeing deer moving into there and they'll start hanging out because there's really good cover, you know, and then they move off because there's no good food source. Oh, so yeah. they'll move to another area. But that, that actually touches base on, we talk about really good cover, good bedding close to food. I think the one thing that you and I talked about before that was the lack of human intrusion will trump any thick cover. Huge. Especially in the late season. Especially in the late season. And when I was thinking about that and I heard that, I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like, bucks during this time of the year do not want to be messed with. Mm -mm. No, why would they? I mean, for two good reasons. One, they just got over all of archery season and rifle season mm -hmm. and all that pressure, especially depleted, rifle season. Depleted their bodies chasing does. I mean, they lost a yep. ton of weight. They're stressed out. Yep. And then that was the second part, their need to feed and replenish their post-rut bodies. You know, they have to replenish their bodies. Mm -hmm. They just lost, they say, from 20 to 30% of their body weight in the rut because they weren't eating. I believe that. They were just running and chasing and you know, nonstop and not even eating. They weren't even worried about eating. So they need to replenish. You know, the rut's over. They need to feed. The The winter's coming. Uh, winter is coming. <laughs> winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's, those are just some good good points, I think, that could really go far away. If you got that one property that all year long, you're like, man, that little piece that I was thinking about going to all year long and I haven't had a chance to get it in there, mm -hmm. and you know it can't be rifle hunted, that's the spot, man. Dude, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm telling you, my, hmm, I, I know somebody who lives. I was, was going to say, who you... lives in a residential area <laughs> with. Uh, he almost blew it. I did almost blow it. I know someone who lives in a residential area, and uh, you can't get in there in gun season. Mm -hmm. You could get in there with the right permissions in archery season, which I happen to have. <clears throat> but um, push come to shove, it's after our rifle season. Guess where all the deer are. This uh -huh. person that I that I know <laughs> tends to see about twenty to thirty deer every night, just in a very small piece. Mm -hmm. It might be ten acres, and it's surrounded by houses. And there's no way that anybody walked through there or anything in rifle season. All those deer flock to that area. They know that it's like a safe zone. Now, is there bigger timber near that area that joins to it where deer would be more? more likely to get pushed into this smaller area, you know, like a bigger patch of woods people can hunt. Kind of. Yeah. They, they It doesn't have to be close to it, but I see that a lot too, where there's bigger pieces of woods and say it's a little tiny strip just behind houses. Yeah, three quarters of a mile from there. Yeah. Huge timber. Yeah. Huge timber, which yeah. isn't very far for deer to move, but typically they might not do that because they have a small home range, but guess what? That gun pressure hits and their whole entire home got pushed out several mm -hmm. times. They're not there anymore. No. They'll come back eventually. Once everything dies down and it comes springtime and the winter goes by, they'll they'll go back. They'll forget about it. They might not forget about it, but they'll go back right back to their normal pattern and everything. But those little spots, I can't like stress that enough. Those little spots that people don't hit in the rifle season are primo, especially like right in the beginning of that late season. It's just it's mm -hmm. huge. So going into human intrusion, let's talk a little bit about access. Mm-hmm. Because entry and exit are huge. Oh. Probably more important now in late season than ever. Absolutely. Especially if the snow's crunchy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want a good access point. You want it to be 
easy enough for you to get in, but not easy enough for other people to get in. You got to think now, too, your access that you had in the early season when all that cover was around that field or, mm-hmm. you know, you had really good cover in the woods. It's gone. They're going to see you coming from a mile away. It's tough to get into some places that you usually hunt mm-hmm. because a buck will typically lay down somewhere where it can see you coming in and out. Now, you can get away with a lot in the early season when everything's green. Mm-hmm. You know, you can access a lot of different places, a lot of different ways. Yeah. Come late season, you look outside now, you can see miles farther than you could. Oh, big time. You know, two big months time. ago. You that know, makes it tough on humans. Absolutely. And it kind of, I don't even want to say it goes into early season and stuff, but I mean, entry and exit is just, it's a huge part of, I don't want to even say being successful. It's a huge part of letting the deer kind of believe that everything's still fine. Mm-hmm. Like there's one property that I hunt and you guys have hunted it too. And a lot of the access that we do, we go down through big ditches. Right. And you know, it keeps the noise down on top. They're not seeing you. You're just kind of slipping in like. They don't know you're there. Everything's normal to them. And then you pop out. <laughs> I was right using that to my advantage in Ohio because everything was flooded. Mm-hmm. I was walking through water. Absolutely. The whole way. Keeps your scent down. Keeps your noise down to yep. an extent. You know, I'm big on trying not to be really, like, really loud in, the, in any of the seasons. But having that visual, mm-hmm. especially in the late season where they can't see. If you can get down in a ditch to access or... Maybe even walk on a creek bank or a river bank or something like that where you're lower. You got to use terrain. You got to use terrain to your to your advantage. That, yeah. Because yeah. that, that foliage isn't there. Mm-mm, not at all. You know, so terrain's huge. Yeah, I agree. If you can come in on, on water access, like we talked about. No, oh, that's so hard in freaking it, late season, It's tough in late it's, season. It's sketchy it's, sometimes. It's not safe in late season. I don't, I by any means, tell you that you want to go in on water late season because i know personally i wouldn't do it i will yeah, ask, you will ask my wife i, I got won't. yelled at last year because i was kayaking when there was <laughs> ice in the river and there was snow <laughs> blowing <laughs> no thank you i'm not gonna do it, it I, no deer's me. worth that to me no deer's worth my life um putting it in harm but it is a good way to access if you have a decent boat you know a little Perfect boat on a access. lake or something oh yeah you know, a little john the lake's not frozen yeah yeah that would be pretty safe you know i think so i don't know like you said ditches are huge just anywhere you can use elevation to your advantage you know if you if you keyed in on the bedding areas all year long those might change a little bit now so Mm -hmm, they're gonna be a little easier to find now i think because there's a lot less places for them to hide chances are they're gonna be bedding not necessarily in their normal bedding like the thickets and things like that Mm -hmm. we talked about bed to food they're probably gonna be bedding a lot a lot a lot a lot closer to the food sources Say there's a bean field, mm-hmm. they might be bedding in a thicket right along the edge of the bean field. Just gonna touch and you're that. walking down that field row, they might just be looking at you yep. while you're walking in. You get busted even before you get to your stand. Yep. Yeah, they're gone before you even knew they were there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's because they're literally bedding five feet from the edge of that field. Literally. It, with We see it so much around here, that field edge, it just has that briar the whole way around it, that real thick cover Perfect right on bedding. the edge of that field. That is absolutely beautiful for mm-hmm. deer. And they will bed right on the edge of those. They're not bedding in that nasty stuff. They're nope. bedding on the edge of them, you know, with that to their backs. Yep. And the wind coming from that direction, and they're looking into that opening. And you're walking typically in that open field to get in there, <laughs> yeah. and they're looking at you. Yeah, You know, and I think 
was it, it was John Eberhardt that touched on that. Mm-hmm. His story on how he killed that Ohio buck. Talking about that in late season. Late season, his yep. entry and exit. The guy was walking in and that buck was sitting on that hill underneath those pines and he was looking right at the guy. Every time he'd walk in, that buck was jumping and running away before that guy could even get to him. Yep, laying right in that thermal cover, man. All John did different was his entry route. He went in a different way where that deer couldn't see him, set up in the exact same spot where this guy was setting up and killed that deer. Yep. It's a, It's unreal. It was a great big buck, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He, he's kind of the man. Shout out to John Eberhardt. <laughs> he is kind of the man. He is the man. But if there's people to learn from, that's one of the guys. You know, we've talked about that multiple times. Yeah. But late season's fun, man. If we talk about even, you know, get your bows out of your hand, let's talk about muzzleloader. Let's talk about muzzleloader. I'm, I'm not a big muzzleloader. I'm, I've never gone with a muzzleloader in my hand. I have gone several times, and I would have a lot more deer on the ground. If I didn't flinch so damn bad, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I can find the deer in late season, but if I got a muzzleloader in my hand, I can't kill him. <laughs> yeah. But muzzleloader's fun. I think I'm going to borrow. with it. I think I'm going to borrow one. We're going to go up to my camp. Uh, everyone's got tags up there still pretty much. I know. I want to go. Yeah, I think we're going to do that right after Christmas at some point. Maybe the weekend after Christmas, we're going to get a group up there and we're going to go up and just kind of sit for the first time because... You'd be amazed with how big those woods are. I guess maybe not be amazed, but it's it's still impressive. You got a lot of woods up there to cover. Mm-hmm. Those deer don't get that pressured up there, even with the, the heavy archery yeah. or the heavy rifle season. But we went up. When did, when did we get? Me, you, and John went up that time. It was like a Friday of the first first week. Yeah, we went up Friday. Well, let's kind of let's kind of break this down, okay? We're so, we're talking about thermal cover. Mm-hmm. We're talking about food sources. What are the late season food sources up there? That's a good point. Um, you know what I'm saying? Up there when you got all big timber. If you really want to get into the deer, what are the late season food sources up there? There are the there are the rare apple trees. Which are probably gone. Which are pretty much, there's one or two holding, but they're not on an area that you can hunt, unfortunately. That's not good. Um, well, it could be good. If you could beat them yeah. to those, if right. like while they're going to them, you know. If yeah, you... they're in a yard in the front of a camp. <laughs> <laughs> but the deer come out every night. You you drive past there, it's on the way into our camp, and there's deer there, yeah. like 10, 10 Joe 12 used deer. to hunt it. Yeah, a well, guy posted the whole property. Beat them to year. it, man. That was the problem. Now you can go the other way yep. and hunt if they come in from the other set of woods. But the, the bedding and everything is perfect for this posted property to come into that spot, And you didn't think it was posted before? It was it not wasn't. posted. They just posted, posted it this yeah. year. No. This, this is where Joe had his stand, and Killed they posted pretty, it. And pretty good amount of there. Yeah, it was a really good area. But anyways, I, I don't. I mean, up there, you got to look at acorns at this point, I would think, because there was a pretty good acorn crop where I'm thinking about going. Other than that, I, I don't know. There's no crops. There's a lot of browse. It's going to be woody browse now. It's not going to be like browse browse. That's right. why I'm Twigs just wondering. Like I'm just, I was just kind of like spitballing there. Like what's the food source up there? Try and get you on like a lot of deer rather than an occasional deer. I mean, you're always going to be able to question. kick them out of certain places. Right. But, you know, if you found a legit food source, like I don't know if I've ever really seen a whole lot of locusts up there. I don't know of any locusts up there. What about um, I know of a couple places. There's maybe. some there's some pine flats and stuff up there. If you can get them in the thermal cover, that might be good. That was the one spot I was thinking of. They might be hitting the woody brows and then just kind of. There's a big cedar thicket. That'd be great. Yeah, that's one great. spot where 
we went and saw a deer on that Friday and then getting back to that point, that's, that was how I was so impressed is because it was Monday deer, like rifle season came in. There was all this pressure Monday, Tuesday, it kind of died off. We came back up Friday and deer were in natural movement. Like nothing had ever happened again. Yeah. You know, so I think when we go up there, that's the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go pick a spot and sit down and, and see if we can catch natural movement yeah. up close to these big thermal thicket areas. Because I, I'll be honest, I don't know the areas that we hunt rifle season enough as far as what food sources are in that because we just rifle hunt it. We don't right. archery hunt it. Yep. So I've never really done the scouting in these areas to see what the food source is other than acorns. They were crushing acorns in that snow in rifle season. That was their big food source. They were crushing acorns. Hmm. I mean, all the feeding scrapes were acorns. And there was only certain ones. That was the funny part. You know, tons and tons of oak trees up there, but certain ones were still dropping. And where those were, my goodness, that's where the buck John missed was feeding on acorns on this little island between two where the creek split. Yeah. On this little island with a little thick patch of, just a little tiny thick patch of trees. Nothing there. And he was just feeding there, and he saw him and sprinted up towards the big clear cut. He shot and missed them. But that's what he was doing. I, it was snow on the ground. You could see he was feeding. Might be red oaks, honestly, because mm-hmm. you think about red oaks, they don't really prefer those in the early season because they have all those tannins in them and they're kind of bitter. Mm-hmm. But once you get that first like real cold frost and you get a little bit of snow and stuff, they start it starts to like uh, like leak the tannins leak tannins leach out of it. Yeah, and they become a lot more palatable. That's like um, that oh man brassicas. No persimmons. Oh, persimmons, yeah. That, like you see that in Illinois. Yeah. You see persimmons in Illinois. It's the only place I've ever seen them personally. Down south I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, so persimmons. So those yeah. are the same thing. Those aren't even edible until you get a frost. Yeah. Well, you got to think, too. Like, they're actually poisonous until you get a frost. Oh, really? I well, didn't know that. Well, I don't know if they're poisonous, like bad, but I know they're very, very bitter and unedible. Interesting. And once you get a frost, you can eat them, and they're phenomenal. Yeah. Like, if and you think of, like... Them, late season brassica plots and stuff like that that people put in they might hit them a little bit in that early season and stuff but once you get that first frost and everything those tubers and stuff they mm-hmm. the sugars start to come into them and they become a lot sweeter and they'll hit those in that late season but the early season it's like there's a lot i guess there's a lot of late season food sources that are kind of like that they're not good until late right that just reminded me remember that monster monster buck that we tried to kill up there oh yeah that is going to, that deer, I will put every dollar I own on the fact that deer will be in that field at some point when we're up there in daylight. Oh, feeding I know tank. what you're talking about. Because it's a giant, giant, giant private field. It goes Dude. way back in with, with green. Something was coming up. Green clover something yep. was coming up with through the ground. With on the backside. With private behind it. Like a real small, very small. Very small strip of private that is so thick and steep public just on the other side yeah that's what i was thinking there's public just on the other side well, you can but that tell. deer is going to be in that thick thick nasty right on that private i'll guarantee you he is betting within five feet of that field and standing up and walking in that field and feeding all night long deer and you can't touch him. deer don't get that big up there being stupid man oh, no. that I mean, deer he is probably almost 400 impossible. yards every way yeah, there's no way to get to he's him bedded, yeah there's yeah. no way he's, he, un- he's, he's, un- he's <laughs> almost unkillable in, in the late season he's unkillable my yeah. personal opinion unless you have permission of that private property he's betting on and you can sneak in and get close go ask for permission the guy lives in ohio yeah somewhere in the middle of ohio like new middletown or something send him a letter or something nowhere near there yeah send him a letter try and look up his 
Honestly, yeah. You can look up people's phone numbers. Look up his phone number and yeah. give him a call. Actually, have Russ call him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a spot, man. I'm telling you, I, I'll bet. I would bet if you got a hold of that guy and you asked him. If he lives over there, I bet he's not hunting it, especially not hunting it late season. I'm sure at some point he probably owned that land in a camp up there. Yeah. You know, or his family owned it years ago and, and it happens so often people just you know, move away deal. and yeah. get rid of it, you know. Maybe he, someone's living in the camp or he sold the camp and still has the property in his name. Well we'll we'll talk about it after the podcast. You tell me his name and stuff and I'll try and find you some information about it. I'll guarantee you though, we're driving by, I'm putting money on that deer's gonna be out in that field. Yeah, I mean when you see a deer at four hundred yards and you tell it's a tank that oh, you shouldn't yeah. Oh, dude. You could have. You I could came have, to. I came to the stop. I you could have been legally blind and seen that deer in the back <laughs> of that field. I mean, that was funny because they were like, "Oh, look at them does," and I'm like, "Oh, look at that! Look at that monster! This thing just looked like he was right out of a magazine." For all of you that are wondering, this is a monster doe, not buck. <laughs> so don't don't go looking for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's a he she. It's a he she. It's uh, it's closer to that New York. Oh, it's it's like we're in between New York and, and West Virginia on that he line, that panhandle. North. It's closer when you're walking on the up towards New York that, that way. It's on that steep edge. Yeah. I told you about. Yeah, yeah. With the public on the back side. Right. It's right there. Yeah. What a, what a spot, man. What a spot. We'll get that for next year. Yeah. I would love to, I could only imagine. I know I can sneak in backside on back door on, a pro, on public. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's gonna be a hike. Yeah, the problem is you're gonna have to get that deer in the in the rut because he he has no reason to leave where he's at. I wouldn't. That's season. why he is as big as he is. Unless he gets brought down by acorns in the early season, before that field has any anything good to offer him. You I'm know? sure he's got plenty to eat. No, oh, shut up. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it's a, it's a fact of getting permission at that place. I think because he's he's giant. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's giant. That the body size on him, I. I'd put him, I don't know, he's in an age class, four or five years old. Yeah, he was massive. You're positive it wasn't the game commission robo-deer. Oh, that, that's what I thought. <laughs> we literally thought I it thought was that, that big. Like, I, I was like, I've seen the game commission's deer. As soon as I said they put his head down. Especially that far down, like that far back. He put his head down, but they do that. Dude, they move. Yeah. But no, this they thing don't took run off. Okay, this thing run took away. off in a mid-spring. If they checking. run away, I was just checking. That was one hell of a game commission deer. If it runs away, okay. Yeah, hey, I had to I'll throw that out there, it. man. I know everybody was thinking it. I'm just saying. I'll be honest. It was big enough. It looked like one. How close did Johnny end up getting? He got to about 200 yards on that deer. I would say. What on public? Yeah, yeah. He he was coming in from the backside, but yeah, that deer was like. Dude, I've played this game. <laughs> Come on, I've played this game. I think he heard the, the doors close or something. Because we were parked about 300 yards from it. And I think he still Rookie heard that. Rookie mistake. I know. I... But we were invisible. It doesn't matter. That sound will kill you 100% of the time. He said as soon as he popped out around that corner, boom. The that deer, deer knows what right a car door sounds like. 100% he does. And the problem yeah. is, like, there are camps near that area. Yeah. And they were all... You could tell people haven't been there since first day. So That's there why he was out there in broad daylight, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's been in Nobody's there. Nobody's there. Nobody's been messing with him. He knows that. What was it, the last 45 minutes of light? Probably the last hour. Yeah. Yeah. It was the last 45 minutes of light. Dude, he's probably betting under somebody's camp porch. <laughs> 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 Might be betting on the porch. Yeah. Starting a fire in the evenings. 
We got way off track with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my bad. What but else do you want to talk about? I don't even know where season? we're getting at. We we started talking about muzzle loader and we just kind of threw that out the window. Screw muzzle loader. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to get into it. Uh, I do. I, I hear that's like the most fun form of deer hunting. I really enjoy it, but one piece of advice I will give you. If you're planning on going out and especially borrowing a muzzleloader, get it at least two days before yeah. and take it out and shoot it, right. shoot it, shoot it. Get used to it because I guarantee you're going to get it and everybody will be like, you're fine. Just like, yeah, just, just hold, hold it still. On. Yeah. I'm telling you, get used to that flash going off right by your freaking eyeball. If I just close <laughs> my eyes and pull the trigger. That doesn't work either. I tried it. You're still going to flinch. <laughs> just shoot the damn thing is all i'm saying like just make sure you do that yeah. kind of to piggyback off of that i took russes out one year you know a lot of people do this too they'll load it one year not shoot it for a year they'll double take load it, it out well no not even double load it just take it out the falling gear and he did and they put on a drive it worked out deer got within 15 yards and he pulled and Ding nothing off. happened because yeah. dude late season you got snow you got all that build up Who I'm, doesn't unload, unload the damn gun yeah. over the I mean, freaking year dude, it happens it's crazy a lot, a lot of people, people do a lot of people well, don't here's my thing muzzle loaders typically are different steel in the barrels and stuff like that yeah. if you don't take care of them right and you don't clean them properly they'll it's just freaking nasty. rust out dude mm-hmm. i agree but dude, your pilot holes will get bad everything like when you're done walking through all that shit at the end of the season unload you should it. probably pull your barrel off Make yeah. sure the damn thing's unloaded. Just really just clean everything, oh. oil it up real good, and get it good to go for the I next agree, season. I agree, because that's cost people dear. It cost you, it, first of all, it's going to cost you dear the next yeah. season because mm-hmm. you were negligent. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, it happens because you may only hunt with it one or two times and you just put it away and forget about it until yeah. the following year. It's My big safe, thing about it's that, it's not people. safe because I've seen people yep. double load them. Yep. And I actually saw somebody triple load one one time. Holy hell. Don't know how the frick that happened. It was lucky that they didn't shoot the damn thing because it probably would have blown up in their face. Yeah. But like, they did the thing where they pulled the barrel off because they thought they double loaded it. When they put the damn ramrod yeah. in there, it mm. didn't go down very far. <laughs> and they pulled it off and there was actually two loads already in there and they put a third on top of it. I mean, look That's at the... Insane. THP, one of their most yep. recent videos, they had a double load. They did the same thing. Yeah. They double so if loaded. you're borrowing somebody's gun, make sure you know. Right. I've seen people double on. load and shoot, and it's been fine. I've seen double loads hit side by side. <laughs> like, But you're starting to put a third load yeah. on top of that or something like that. That just turns into like a bomb. Yeah. You're asking for trouble. You're asking that. for trouble. Just people... Pay attention to your shit. Clean your stuff. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, make sure everything's good to go. Don't triple load your gun. That's all I'm getting at. <laughs> a muzzle loader, as traditional and old school as it is, it's still firearm. It you know it was still used in wars to kill people. <laughs> you know that's it's it's not a safe that you don't take it. What I'm trying to get at is don't, okay, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> don't be lackluster with it. Be safe. It's still a firearm. You still have to do the same gun I mean, safeties as everything. You're else. playing with. Powder. black powder yeah that, yeah that stuff's unstable like yeah, yeah. Don't, don't smoke cigarettes yeah <laughs> don't you <know>? smoke <laughs> cigarettes and, and black powder and it might turn interesting mike does it, it. He has a, mike probably has a cigarette is this the triple f sitting in his oh, mouth yeah yeah, yeah don't, i bet don't. you i guarantee you mccoy has a cigarette hanging out of his <laughs> mouth while he's shooting his muzzle loader he touches off his flat pan <laughs> with his cigarette oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more tip for late season hunting just to get back on track there is no back on track with this podcast. Yeah, it's just going off the rails. I would say if you have trail cameras out right now, 
Uh, or if you don't, get them out in the woods. Get them on your food sources. Get them on the edges. Get that late season intel. You're going to get a lot of intel. Even if you don't go out hunting, you're going to see what bucks made it through the hunting seasons. Big time. You know, or another nice thing, if you shed hunt, you can check your camera come, you know, February, March and see what deer are starting to lose their sheds. That's what I like to do. Uh-huh. I don't find a ton of sheds, but you know, I like to find out when they're dropping. Just give me yeah. a baseline, beat people out, beat the squirrels to them. Yeah. But in that late season, you know, if when you have... Your trail cameras on the edge of food sources like that, you know, you can check them more frequently because they're right on the edge. You're not, you know, you're not bumping in a lot of times there. Now you could be. If you're in an area where you might be bumping deer, don't check them as frequently. Oh, yeah, big time. That Well, that's trail cam 101, I feel. Right. You know, try and get in there clean. I mean, just because it's not hunting season doesn't mean you don't want to get in there clean. Mm-hmm. But it's that time of year. You might get a fresh snow. You got fresh sign on the ground. Move in. Oh, yeah. You know, when the sign is there, hit it. Hit it now. You know, don't sit on it. Don't wait a week. Hit it while those food sources are hot, you know, because that food source could switch. Yeah. Another fun thing, if you're thinking about it and you're just, you get a wild hair up your ass one day, late season when you have the flintlock going on, you get a fresh snow on the ground, follow track. Yeah. Find a good set of tracks. You see them, you know, that's a bigger track, you know, follow it. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't find that deer and get a shot at it you're going to learn from just following that track you'll learn all about that deer's activities behaviors like it's amazing that's a good point and if you get a real fresh snow another good thing too if you're not sure about an area or if it's a new area you want to really just go out and scout and say you have a gun in your hand take that track and take it backwards yeah follow them to the bedding or something follow them to where they were bedding yeah you'll see the bed in the snow if it's fresh snow you'll see where they were bedding there will be damn near a you know a bare spot or a spot with a lot less snow in it oh yeah and that'll give you a hint especially if you find really big tracks you know and you're like wow this is a decent buck big time follow him backwards see where he was betting that might really help you now this is if you're you're say you already filled your buck tag you're mostly just scouting okay if you're going to try to kill this buck don't follow him back to his bed and leave all your scent through that yeah, that's probably not a good that's idea. not a good idea <laughs> but if you're just trying to scout and you're trying to figure things out for the next year which is a very, this is a very good time to do that. I would do it. I mean, I would suggest doing it. I think it's, he's honestly, not I think it's a good back. idea. You're not going to really mess a whole lot of stuff up. You're scouting and hunting at the same time. Yeah. It, it's late season. You're out there to have fun at this point anyway, mm-hmm. I feel. I mean, you might be trying to fill the freezer. I'm not very good at it in late season as far as shooting stuff with a yeah. flint lock. But. Or you could be out there. I mean, this is a really good time to, to single in on that big, big buck that you were seeing in the early season that disappeared all throughout the season whenever pressure got big. This is a nice time you can get back on that big buck. Absolutely. And pattern him. You're going right back to your early season tactics. Almost tweak him a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still bad to food, people. I can't stress that enough. Almost more now than before. Yep. yep. Because early season, they will eat a lot, but they're not as dependent on food they can to browse in their bed yeah they can literally stand up and eat now they gotta find it now they have to move a little bit more to find food and they absolutely have to eat that's mm-hmm. what we go back to the colder the better you know the worse temperature the better if you're near zero degrees i'll guarantee you there's no deer sitting in his bed all day long just waiting that out because they will die in that bed they will freeze to death they have to eat they have to slave to their stomachs they are and that's why if you got a really big buck and he starts showing back up on camera. Guess what? That buck's killable. Oh, 100%. If He's you, very If killable. you get pictures of a deer on camera in daylight this time of year, get in there and get in there now. 
I know a lot of people that look forward to late season for that reason alone. Oh, dude, if you have a good late season food source, especially say you're out right now and you're in this late season and you find a good food source, like you bump a bunch of deer and they're on a food source, remember that spot for next year. Mm -hmm. Get in there, get a stand up, you know. Yeah. It's just, it could be a honey hole for you in the late season. Yep. Just be smart about it. All right. Well, that was a lot of talking. That was a lot of talking. And we're not trying to be super informative or anything. We had fun this episode. We went off the rails a couple times. We were, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, okay? You talking about Watch the Patriot. killing people. And <laughs> Watch the Patriot and tell me that a flintlock can't kill somebody, okay? Tomahawks, flintlocks. Tomahawks and flintlocks. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. I'm about to tell Casey that needs to be a new name of MK. Yeah. Tomahawks, Tomahawks and, and flintlocks. flintlocks. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. That's beautiful. I like it too. Write that I'm one editing down. that out because nobody's allowed to have that. Yeah, don't ruin that. We've given away a few million dollar ideas on this well, podcast. Well, it's on the podcast. We have some kind of something rights to it, right? Yeah. I am going to copyright Tomahawks and flintlocks. It's going to be my new jam. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, we have been doing a little bit better about getting back in, into the swing of things. I'd like to kickstart that a little bit here. We might, uh, if you pay attention, we might be doing a giveaway. Oh, snap. You had to wait until the end of the episode. I didn't even lead on to it. You got to keep I listening. I didn't, I didn't even know, know about it. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Let's do it. You know, people, tell your friends to listen to the episode. Don't give it away too much, but tell them to listen to the episode. Tell them wait until the end. There might be a secret surprise. The end it's happening. Is the bread and butter. Right after tomahawks and flintlocks. Right after tomahawks and flintlocks. It gets good. Wait, do we know what it is? I know what it is. What is it? None of your damn business. People got to find <laughs> out. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I like uh, it. Follow our social media pages, and you can find out a lot more on there too. We'll have everything bumped up after. Absolutely. The fact, and then we'll put up a post about it. You have to listen throughout the episode to find out. Yep. All right, kids. Well, Anthony, you didn't really talk very much during nope. this episode. You have anything to talk about, real quick? No, did you, I'm good. Did you learn anything? I'm good. No concluders. No final thoughts. You didn't learn anything today. No. I learned rabbit hunting is better with a beagle. See, he's learning. If you can take one good thing, what you <laughs> learn? Tomahawks and flintlocks kill people. They do. See, I've seen a Patriot. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Mel Gibson. Watch it before the July. <laughs> <laughs> Such a phenomenal movie. Kid, you got any concluders? I do not. I think we touched everything, probably over-touched on everything late season that we can possibly talk about. You know, we keep beating the same thing over and over again, but it's important. And I don't I, think we're beating a dead horse. I really don't. Well, one good thing, the reason I, I get so excited about it is because I, I really want to feel that Ohio buck tag still. I do, too. So, and I think we have some good spots that are close to to food with some good bedding yeah i'm interested in one of them in particular so it's just making the time at this point to get out there and do it but i really want to get out there and do it i think if we went out on a sunday mm, drive Sundays out on a saturday get permission on a certain spot and then go out on a sunday oh, it's only an hour an hour away it's an hour okay we'll have to find something else to do to make our time worthwhile but yeah We'll figure it the, out. The good thing about that is that we can go out Saturday, ask permission, and go check out a couple other spots close by. See? Now I'm thinking. Look at you. And then make Sunday the hunt day. Absolutely. Sunday hunt day. Let's High go. Five. Yes. Ah, what a good one. That's such a rare thing to hear in PA. 
it's Sunday fun day. It's Sunday hunt day. <laughs> it's yeah. non-existent. Yeah. Maybe soon. I don't know. I hope, but yeah, we'll see. May, hopefully, in our lifetime, we'll be able to hunt Sundays in PA. Yeah. I would love to see that. I'm hoping for it, man. It might come. It might not. If it doesn't, I'm not gonna cry about. It. I'll just keep getting. I'll cry. Yeah, I will too. Probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, grown men don't cry. Okay. Cry, baby, cry. No. You no, can no, edit no. that out if you want. Yeah, but I'm, no. I'll leave it in there. It was good. It was good. It's a good song. I got a concluder that I want to get to. And okay. you're like, you're I'm, singing. Hey, Austin, do you have any concluders you want to get to before <laughs> the episode ends? <laughs> I just wanted to say, get out there. Go late season. Even if you only have a doe tag left, get out there. Have fun. Learn some stuff. Stay warm. Wear wool socks. Just have fun. That's Marino. all I'm saying. Get out in the woods. Don't, don't be a couch potato. It's cold outside. I know you want to stay in. Stay warm, drink some hot cocoa, but get out in the woods. What kind of wool do you prefer? Do you prefer Dan Marino wool? or? <laughs> <laughs> I am a Dan Marino wool fan. Dan Marino wool yeah. it is. Marino wool is like my jam. I'm wearing Marino socks right now. Marino socks and Crocs. Yeah, let's conclude there. It's a beautiful I hate thing. You. Um, <laughs> I absolutely hate you. Let's finish there. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find us? You can find us <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube all over the place at the whitetail distraction podcast you can also send us an email at the whitetail distraction podcast at gmail.com i feel like all of you listeners hate us because no one ever sends me an email if somebody sends me an email after this podcast and says hey i listen to the podcast i'll figure something out i will be very very nice to you if you do that that's all i'm saying do people still email is that it people don't email anymore i don't know but you know what it just it's it disappointing. I've got like two emails the entire time, and I say it every week. If you want to text me, I mean, I'll give you my number. Just hit us up. I'll, I'll send you my number. <laughs> I don't care. That's a dangerous Bad move. Idea. That's a dangerous move. <laughs> Bold move. I'll post his number in the show notes. That's fine. The distraction's real. The distraction.